Good evening, guys. Welcome to Play to the Whistle podcast. And I'm joined by the usual host, Kieran Antido and myself, Jesse. Should I introduce myself first since she's a bit mad, but how are you guys doing this weekend? Yeah, man, I'm good, man. What are you saying? Yeah, all good, man. Another good weekend of football. Cool. So, obviously, continuing on from last weekend, um, Liverpool kicked us off this weekend with a pretty much, I'll say straightforward from the season before last um, type of performance and result from them. So you, I know you guys might have like, seen the goals or the, the game. What was your thoughts, T-Dot? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think Liverpool, obviously they've they've come back. They've got Trent, who missed the Euros. Virgil van Dijk, who missed pretty much most of the season. Jordan Henderson looks like he's back to full fitness. And they, they played well, man. They've, they really played well. Um, the Liverpool that we kind of, we've, we've known over the last couple of seasons. But um, I thought standout players for me was Diego Jota. Um, I know, Jesse, you've mentioned him a couple of times for what he can do for Liverpool and for Wolves as well, what he did for Wolves. But he, he was, for me, outstanding in that game. Um, even Harvey Elliott, I thought, coming into that kind of game, playing his debut first game at Anfield, he didn't look out of place. And and I think you kind of need that when, obviously, I think they, they've, um, Fabinho would have probably been playing if he hadn't had the, the off-field issues that he had um, over the last couple of days. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought Liverpool were, were brilliant. I thought Salah could have had two or three in the game. Um, and, and the same with Mane. I know he got a really good goal, but I just thought it was tough for, for Burnley. I thought... I thought Burnley, like Dwight McNeil played really well for Burnley. I thought he he was he was the one that was would potentially change things for Burnley. But I think I think they're going to struggle this season. I think they'll, they'll struggle this season with um, the way that they play football at times, and you know they like to try and bully teams, um, and sometimes that works. But against a Liverpool, you you, you know you've really got to be on your job. And I just thought that Liverpool were the better team on the day. Yeah, I think. Um... It, it, it was a, it was a strange game because I think it was, it's the Liverpool that we've seen before, and then um, I think you're right, Tito. I think with, with Burnley, I, I, we, we, I was saying, saying to you yesterday, I feel like they're on a, a, a ticking clock. I feel like you can only get away with what they've been doing for so long. There's the investment's not going to be there. They're going to need to sell to buy because of the new ownership um, that they've got. And um, you know, I rate the I rate the manager, but there's there's gonna come a time when either he's gonna leave or that that's just not gonna work anymore. And um, who else do you, who else do you bring in to to kind of do that? Are we thinking you know like a Sam Allardyce or a David Moyes who maybe fits that kind of mold where they're really good at making the most of what they've got, but they're not they're not really going anywhere. And it's it's eventually it's gonna start to get stale. You know, a lot a lot of their players, um, some of them are at a good age, but um, you know, I, I, I still think they played well yesterday, and they, they're going to do that. They're very good at, against the big clubs away from home. Um, but yeah, I think with, with the way that Liverpool played, you see that they're going to be there thereabouts this season. It was, I feel like they were comfortable. I wasn't ever concerned from from the bits that I saw that they were going to um, that result was in danger from my perspective. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll speak about Burnley first. I think. A lot of their model is pretty similar to United's. It's just on a smaller scale where I know they've got new owners now, but the old owners would take money out of the club just the same way as, say, the United 
um, owners take money out of the club, but it's obviously on a smaller scale because obviously they're not bringing in the same type of revenue as United. And that's kind of why the last couple of seasons, they've not really, really invested in the team. And it's pretty much obviously going to be the same with the new owners. They'll just take over the same type of model. And, and even though they've made loads of changes, board level or behind the scenes, I don't really think they're going to invest in the team because they'll look at the model and think it's been working. Like we give him scraps, as in Sean Dyche, and he just makes, he pulls out miracles. But I, I kind of agree with what you just said. I, I feel like they're at the, they're coming to the end of that cycle and I think it's time to kind of rebuild this team. I know Tarkovsky's only got a year left now, so he'll run the deal down, go on a free next summer. And they, there's only going to be a few more seasons of them keeping hold of McNeil. And they're at a point where they do need to probably buy, you know, they they need to enter a new cycle with this team. They probably need to buy three or four players and they don't look like they're going to do that. And they're, either if it happens this season or next season, they're in trouble. But in terms of Liverpool, they play really well. Um, as Theo said, like with Trent, with Virgil, with quite a few of their players, they're fresh. They've had a good preseason behind them. And they're looking good, man. Even the the left back, the Greek Greek left back, he played really well coming in for Robinson. And Harvey Elliott played really well as well, you know. For I think at Blackburn obviously he played a lot on the right. He didn't play in the in the free midfield or if he was the advanced eight or ten if you if you want to call it that. He played really well yesterday. He's pressing off the ball, he's quite aggressive with his running. He's good linking up with the forwards and with the midfield that in between. And he didn't look out of place at all. You know, they got him to come in. Curtis Jones can perform the way he did last season. They're looking good right now, man. And Jota definitely... Jota's going to score the goals that Firmino didn't for them last season. And that already elevates them to the level they was probably at the previous season. It'd be interesting to see if they um they do do any business this week with, obviously, Mane and Salah um, going to the African Cup of Nations in January. Uh, I think they might bring in another player just to, to bolster that kind of bump up, that kind of front three. Obviously, they'll have um, Firmino, they'll have Diego Jota. But I, I do think they need to potentially look at maybe bringing someone in just to fill in that void as well, um, depending on how long Salah and Mane are away for as well. So it'd be interesting. But I think even without that, I think looking at the season as a whole, I think you've got to consider Liverpool as a Liverpool that won the Premier League, not the Liverpool that had you know countless injuries for a season you got to count them as this the team that can actually dominate games and and they did that they did that against burnley you know they they were able to play that high high press high level football you know virgil at the back it, they couldn't do that last season because they didn't have him there so i think it was interesting to see that but yeah i agree with what jesse just said you know i think um you know jotter seems like the guy that's going to bring in those goals that they kind of lacked last season um with, with Firmino so it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool do yeah I feel like it would be like what you said I think you have to look at them as the team that won the league they're playing with that type of form and the other thing with Jota is he's going to score the goals that Firmino didn't but he's also he's as good of a player as Firmino is so he can still link up he can still play in tight spaces he can still press from the front and be aggressive this, all the stuff that Firmino can do maybe with the goals with it and um yeah, look, they, if, if Shaqiri does move on, they definitely need to bring someone in in the front line just to bolster it, just to make sure that when those guys do go on, 
international duty in January that the goals are still coming, especially losing Salah's goals because they're, you know, he's guaranteed goals week in, week out, pretty much, and consistently over a season. So not having him for January is going to be difficult for them. So they're going to need Jota and your Firminos to definitely be contributing with goals if they don't get someone. But yeah, it's like what I said on the on the episode before we done in the preview episode. I, I have them as one of the favourites alongside Chelsea and Man City, and that I think we will get to that point in over the next ten to fifteen games where they're going to put themselves in the position to be chasing for the title, and then maybe you know United to prop them up as I said before, and you know Spurs and the rest of the teams, but. It's definitely looking like it's going to be a three-team title race at the moment. But yeah, moving on, obviously. Um, Leeds-Everton game, very interesting match. Uh, two excellent coaches. Obviously, Leeds had a bad start last week, but as we know with Leeds, we're going to always get those type of results with them. But this is more of the Leeds we expect this season. And Everton played well as well. So what was your thoughts on the game, Kieran? It was an entertaining game, definitely, for the neutrals. I think watching, I think particularly Leeds are always going to be entertaining. Um, and I think even Everton, like, it's actually, it's been it's been fun to watch them so far. They this, this is the second game where there's been four goals in the game. They need to sort the defending out, though. Last season, uh, last season, last game, the goal that they conceded was criminal. Like the defending was, you know, they're a man doing sentences in prison for less than what what them the two centre backs are doing, and it's the same today. Like the one of the goals was a joke. Um, I think it's the one that Klitsch scores. It's an absolute joke, um, to be honest. So, um, I feel like going forward, they're looking they're looking quite, you know, quite tasty. Like uh, Damari Gray was was in good form. Uh, even when Awobi came came off the bench, he did he did well. Um, Calvert Lewin looked dangerous. I know he's he's only scored a pen um, in the game, but he's looking like when he gets um, up and running properly, he's got he's going to be sort of pushing to to finish among the top scorers again. Um, so yeah, I was, I was I was impressed by the way that they played, and sooner or later, you reckon that Rafa's going to sort them out defensively as well. Um, but I know T dot. I'm going to throw this at you because. We were, talk- we were talking about Leeds um, earlier and you were saying that their defensive kind of approach might come back to haunt them. Or, 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 was Elaborate for me because I'm, I'm interested to hear a bit more about your thoughts on that. I just think, I just think teams will, will open them up during the season. Um, I thought against Everton, I thought Ever- Calvert-Lewin could have probably had a hat-trick. Um, it's just the way Leeds play and I think we're used to that now and the teams will be used to that. I think they either score three or four batter teams or they concede three or four and score two. Do you know what I mean? So I think for, it's, it's great to do. It's great to watch as a neutral, but as, as a Leeds fan, I, I wouldn't be happy with that because it's, it's going to be one of those seasons where eventually that's that's not going to be good enough for them. Do you know what I mean? And I think, like I said, Everton, Damari Gray was playing, the amount of balls that he put into Calvert-Lewin on Saturday, he, he should have scored a hat-trick easy. Easy, but like you mentioned as well, um, you know, defensively, Everton aren't as good as potentially they could be. Um, I thought Yeremina played well. Seamus Coleman could have had a better game, but again, with Patrick Bamford as well, he had chances to score goals and he didn't really take them. So, you know, I think it's great that Leeds are a brilliant team to watch and and they're brilliant as a, for me as a neutral to watch. But 
when you're seeing when you're seeing teams like Everton who are kind of mediocre in the Premier League kind of playing the way that they did against them it kind of worries me if they go to a United or a Liverpool or a City Arsenal Villa do you know what I mean teams that can play football you know they're going to get opened up so I think it worked to them last season but this season might be a bit testing for them in my opinion but Jesse what do you, what do you think? No I kind of echo some of the points that you both made the thing with Leeds I think I said this before last last season anyway is they're definitely going to concede goals. They're always going to concede chances because of how high the line is, how high they press, how aggressive they are. And look, if you play the way they play, you need 1v1 defenders that they just don't have. So they're always going to concede chances and goals. Um, Dallas played really well yesterday, I think, for them. And Bamford, Bamford did well with the he had chances. He'd done well to set the goal up. Um, but it, yeah, I agree with what Kieran said as well. It was kind of defending was a bit all over the place. But I think that will come with time, man. Like Rafa will sort that out eventually. He's very good defensively, and the more time he has to work with the players, I know he will sort that out defensively with Everton. But with Leeds, I know the window's still open. I, I look, I don't think they're going to go down. But they are, if they can get a centre back, I think that would be beneficial to them because. I just think the way that they play, man, they need someone, they need, they need a 1v1 centre-back because if they're going to play that high with, with the calibre of strikers we've got in this league, that is where they need that 1v1 centre-back because they're still going to create, they're still going to concede chances, but a 1v1 type of centre-back will slightly reduce that. And I feel that's what they're missing. But we saw it, like, even in that game, they created so many chances and that's why... You can't really count them out because if if Leeds Leeds are that kind of team, man, if they catch you on a bad day, they, they they will get the three points off you definitely, and they had enough chances to beat Everton, kind of vice versa. But but I saw good things from both teams. I see like the same with the same thing what I said about Rafa in terms of him being able to sort out of the defense, having a striker like Calvert Lewin is his cup of tea, and I think the way he plays football or is tailor-made for Calvert-Loon's game and we might even see him score more goals than last season. Yeah, so moving on to Sunday's games. Um, so we'll talk about the Wolves game. Spurs. Nuno going back to his old stomping ground. And to be fair, well, for me personally, the, the expected result happened. I don't know what your thoughts were on the game. Yeah, so obviously with the Sunday games at two o'clock, you have to make a conscious decision as to where you're going to spend your time in it. Um, so obviously I, I've seen like bits bits of the highlights of this one, but um, just kind of reading through, it's it's a weird one because I feel um, looking at the statistics and and sort of following the game, uh, you know, as it was happening, Wolves seemed like they were quite on top. Um, you know, they, it's a bit weird to say this, but Wolves, you know, they dominated possession, had uh, possession, had lots of chances. Um, but Spurs did what they need to do. Listen, they've they've won two games, one nil. We know that this is what Nudo is about. He's not a guy that's going to be, you know, slapping teams up. You know, threes, fours, fives. Um, I feel like that's what is is made for them. They've made a, f- you know, they've made a few good signings. I, I thought like they did enough from. From what I could tell, they're 
I think it was one or two chances um, that Wolves had where they might have, um, you know, got back in the game. But I, the, the, I think the stats um, make it look like they were under siege. It, it didn't really feel like that. I feel like Tottenham fans should be quite helpful, uh, helpful, happy. And, you know, they've they've done a lot of this without Kane as well. And at the end of the day, you don't get points for the amount of goals you score. Yeah, you get the goal difference, but you get points for winning. And that's that's what they've done. Um, and, and that's 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 as simple as it is. At the end of the day, if 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 you if you're Tottenham, you're looking at that, um, you know that fixture list: Man City at home, Wolves away. You know, are you going to be happy with with four points, maybe even two points, just to get through new manager, no Harry Kane? You're probably saying, yeah, six points. You know, joint top of the table. So, I think I think it was a, it's a these are excellent results for them. Um, let let's see what happens. You know, and. In ten days' time, when the transfer window shuts, um, but what, what about you, Jesse? What do you think about the, the result and and Tottenham's start to the to the season so far? Yeah, I think in terms of the result, firstly, I think that's a it's a one nil ground. Like you, you go Wolves and you just want a one nil win. Like especially how it was on the Nuno. You're not really going to play them off the park. They're quite compact, resolute. They're hard to beat. They've got very good players, which people sometimes forget. You just go there and you just want three points in it. I don't think as opposing fans, you you care how you get it. And that's what they've done today. Like they were resolute. They were hard to beat. At times, Wolves had more of the ball, but that's a Nuno team though. Like Nuno builds his teams to sustain pressure. And that's what they've done over the first two matches. I know at times Wolves got in behind them, they created a lot of chances, especially Adama got in behind them quite a few times coming from the left and he had a golden chance to the score that he didn't put away. But apart from, and, you know, the debatable penalty that they should have had, which is quite similar to, I think, the foul on Ali, I think they were both penalties. But, yeah, Spurs just done the job, man. And they look good on the counter-attack again. Um, I think that's the one thing you've got to do. I think when you build, a, if you're going to play on a break, you're going to sustain pressure. You need the outlets. And with Bergwijn and Son, they've got that. And to be fair to Nuno, apart from obviously the situation with Ndombele, he's given everyone a chance. Um, I think if everyone turned up to pre-season with the right attitude, I think they've all been given a fresh, clean slate to start with. And, he's, and they've been fairly treated, in my opinion. So... I know we're not talking about that, but that makes me look at the Ndombele situation a bit differently. Maybe it is, I don't know if it's an, um, you know, not, I don't want to say attitude problem, but there must be something wrong because Ali's, you know, started this season really well. He's been given a chance and he, he done well today. So it looks good for them. Definitely looks good for Spurs right now. You, you take six points from them two games against City and away to Wolves. That's a, that's a big six points. I know we're early in the season, but I don't think a lot of teams are going to go Wolves eventually and get get three points. And it's not a lot of teams that are going to obviously not going to beat City. So they've had a very good start to the season. But in terms of Wolves, just to touch on them, the way the way that manager he likes to play football. Obviously, we've already seen Nevers in the first two games get on the ball way more than we've probably seen him in the last two seasons, and. It's going to take time for that transition from them being so compact and defensive and playing on the counter to 
being more expansive. It takes time to get to that. But they've got they've got the ability and the players, they'll be fine. They won't get relegated or anything like that. But it's just gonna take time for them to transition into that new style. Yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot of that. I think you know, it's early days for Wolves and we're gonna have to see how they play. Um I don't think they're going to be in trouble. I think, like you just said, Jesse, they've got plenty of quality in that squad. Um, it's going to take, obviously, time for the, the manager to get what he wants them to do. But um, in terms of Spurs, do you know what? I think, the, like, not even to, to dwell on it too much, but I think that um, the, the the Kane situation is probably, in a way, is helping them a little bit because it's getting them to to play football without Kane. And... I think that distractions helped Son, for instance. I think Deli Ali coming back in, not having the Jose kind of effect there. I think it's I think it's been brilliant for them. And like like you just said, you know, to get um the points that they've got so far on the table for Spurs, I think I think they'll take that. They take that off their two first games. So it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting of of over the season to see how they play. But I think Nuno going in, regardless of what happens with Kane, I think they'll have a really, really good season as well. Um Obviously, the Europa Conference thing that might put a bit of a blocker on them, but I think you know, um, in terms of the league, I think they should do well with the squad that they've got. Yeah, obviously, we didn't really think about that, but what happened in the Conference League midweek? A bit crazy, but hopefully, obviously, the second leg they can sort that out in it. But um, even if it's a, yeah, they need to sort that out pretty much. Let's be honest, and that was that wasn't good enough, but. In terms of Premier League, great start. Um, Ali's firing. They they do look good. I think they look good right now, man. And we have to. It's going to be difficult for a lot of teams to beat them. So, yeah. And another team. Yeah, I thought I was going to say, and I was going to try and build this up, but yeah, United, United, Southampton. Do you know what? Actually, you know what? Let's be neutral. Theo, what's your thoughts on the game? I'll, I'll go because Kieran's killing himself there. But um, but now you know what I thought it was a re- as a neutral. <clears throat> I thought it was a really good game. I thought um, I thought United started the game really well. Um, you know I thought they I thought they they started had how they needed to off the back of the Leeds win as well. I thought that was a really good. I thought I was surprised that Sancho didn't start. If I'm honest, but maybe that's just Oli kind of blending him into the team slowly. I don't know. I thought Van der Beek potentially. I would have had him in there. I don't know. But um, in terms of the, the, the game itself, I thought United played really well. Um, I was surprised, obviously, Southampton scored first, the way that they were playing. But uh, look, United came into it. They should have killed the game off, if I'm honest. I think United should really kill that game off when it's 1-1. Um, they had plenty of opportunities to do that as well. Um, the goal that United scored was brilliant. I thought Popper was brilliant today as well. Um, gets too much criticism, in my opinion, from people. Um, but he's 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 arguably world class, and and today showed that against um, Southampton. He's just one of the world class players that is in the Premier League. If if he if it was Jack Grealish doing what Popper's doing, there'd be there'd be a lot of talk about it. So I think we've got to give Popper a lot of credit for that. But um, I, you know, I, I was impressed with Southampton. I said that to you guys before. You know, I was impressed with their defense. I thought. Um, Gepeno and and uh, Livramento were, were brilliant. Um, Adam Armstrong was brilliant. Che Adams was brilliant as well. So I think they dug deep, and I think they could realize that they could actually get a point out of the game. And they they just play for the point in the end. And sometimes you got to do that. 
Um, they didn't want to hold the nine nil. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, you got you got to play for the point, which they did. Um, but yeah, what, what what was your thoughts, Jesse? I, well, look, I saw the starting lineup and I was already, I was trying to be positive once I saw the starting lineup because I didn't want to, you know, do the meltdown thing, uh, complain. Why is this person playing? Trying to be positive. And the, to be honest, actually, if I'm being really honest, the first 20 minutes, they was on top of Southampton. Every set, every single set piece, not just in the first 20 minutes, but for the whole game, they looked like they could score. And, but it's something I've seen with United, like not just this season, but last season as well, is that we're not clinical on set pieces. We've got good delivery on them from Shaw or from Bruno, whoever takes them. There's excellent delivery, but we just don't ever put the chances away. That was what I saw in the first 20 minutes again. I don't think there was one set piece I saw that Southampton dealt with correctly. And I was, I was saying to Kieran before, um, before we came on that, I can see teams that are very clinical on set pieces dealing with Southampton because if they defend like that against other teams that are actually effective in them situations, it's going to be a long, long day for them. But, you know, they, they rode the storm after that 20 minutes. They came into the game as you do. Everyone's going to have a spell. They had theirs for the last 20 minutes of the first half and they've done really well. They got more confident. They got five, 10 yards higher up the pitch with their line. They started pressing higher up and they were just aggressive. and. Look, they play 4-4-2. Armstrong ran for 90 minutes. So did Adams. And they worked hard and they created chances. And, you know, it's one of them ones. For me personally, it depends on what team you're on or who you support in that, in that situation for their goal. If you support United, you might say that should have been a foul for Fernandez. If I supported Southampton, I'm happy with what Steven's done to win the ball. And, it, and as a referee, it depends on your style of refereeing. Like, if you like it aggressive and you like to let play go, then that's not a foul. If that was maybe on the continent somewhere, maybe it would be a foul. But for me personally, I, I've, got, I've got no issue with, with that being a goal. And then the build, obviously, after that, a little bit of play on the edge of the box was nice. Obviously, it's deflection off of super thread and then it, and it goes in the goal. But I thought we'd get back in the game and it did. It was a good goal. Good build-up play to it. And I thought with the right changes, we could have won the game if they were earlier as well. Obviously, look, okay, try to be positive because it's only second game of the season. The changes, I don't, you know, I know Scott is his guy, and it? It's like Deschamps with Taliso. It's like his adopted son. So I know he, you know, he was going to come on first, but I don't know how in that situation when you're chasing a game that, it's like even Mason said in his interview after the game, it's like, you know, once we got the goal back, we should have went for their throats. And that is, that's what the mentality should be. I'm not bringing on, you know, midfielder for midfielder, DM for DM. When we're, when it's one all, I'm bringing on maybe another winger, take off a DM, change something, be more aggressive, take risk. And, but we know he doesn't do that. So I'm not going to, there's no point like, getting upset about it because you know that, you know what to expect from him by now. I don't know what your thoughts was on it, Kieran. My thoughts are you two are being a bit too, a bit too nice with with what happened in that game. It was it was just, I mean, it, it was an entertaining game to watch. Don't get me wrong. Um, with Southampton, I think I agree with what with what T dot said. They look, they played well enough to get a point. It it felt like a cup tie. It felt like you know Southampton. They were the um, obviously the the 
potential giant killers looking for a replay and you know a money spinner and United were the, were the favourites. But I think we've said this before. Um, if Southampton play like that against other teams, they'll hold a couple threes, fours, fives because they they were okay. Zelisi played well, but was quite. Not fortunate, he defended quite well, but that centre-back pairing is a, is a bit shaky. I, I like Romeo. I thought he played well today. Um, obviously, there's the traditional sort of siren that I get every time I record. Um, Adams and Armstrong, I think, were really good um, up front. <laughs> and, and McCarthy is a keeper. He's, he's okay. Like, he's all right. But, I mean, tactically, it was a mess. The starting lineup, two left-footed midfielders holding. Matic is fine, but he can't play with Fred. Fred and McTominay can play in a particular context. You move Greenwood when he had one of, the, one of his best games in the United shirt and you stick him on the right. And I know he intertwined. Martial didn't play well last season. He's not really been a good number nine recently. He's had, his, he's had a chance and he wasn't good enough. So why would you start him? And then I say with Bruno time and time again, I, I don't have an agenda against him, but it's quite clear he's not scoring and making assists. Then take just take him off. Like you start him, he's he's your best player. He's got he's got the best um ratio of goals and, and assists, I think, in the last since he's made his debut. But if he's playing if he's not playing well, take him off and don't bring on at one point in the game, you had Shaw bombing down the left, Sancho being overlapped by Lingard on the left hand side. Like that's what you're doing with your subs. It's a, and then you, you bring them up Tomine when you've got sixty-four percent possession. <laughs> And you leave Van der Beek on, on the bench. Like, none, none of it made any sense. And then you got, I mean, that centre-back pairing. We, we talk about it time and time again. I'm not going to go into it. But again, it's, it's a mess. Like, I think Southampton almost scored a goal when Lindelof, Maguire and Shaw were messing about with it on the left-hand side of the pitch. And they just won it and counter-attacked. And they made a, one, a great save, a really good save. See, it's just so boring that I'm sending T dot to sleep. Like that's that that's how and I feel sorry for United fans because it's just gonna be it's just gonna be more of this for the whole season. They'll they'll finish third, fourth, or fifth. Probably with that squad you're looking at fourth minimum. But they're not they're not gonna be title challengers because that squad's there, you got Varane sat on the bench. You're not starting centre, what these men ain't fit. Well, <laughs> really. <laughs> they're they're less fit than the men. Listen. A half fit Varane is twice as good as a fully fit Lindelof. So, but th- there we go. Good point for Southampton. But if they play like that, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I, I, look, I didn't speak about Lindelof because I think some some guys that listen to this think I've got a, they think I've got an agenda against them. It's just I think it's just clear as day that he's not good enough at this level. And we saw it again today, and even at times, like you see Maguire overcompensating because he's playing with him. Don't get me wrong, this was not Maguire's best game either. Couple of mistakes. And look, I'm I'm warming to him now. He's I can see his importance, especially when he got injured last season. But yeah, just him and Shaw, it looked it was a bit of a funny game from both of them, in my opinion. And um I don't understand if you spend the outlay that we have on both players, just like what Tuchel said about Lukaku. You spend that kind of money, they're not coming to sit on the bench, just play them. You know, they, they're fit enough to play, just play them. They're good enough. Like, and if they can't get, you can't get 90 minutes out of them, then bring on your other guys. But I think what it is with, with, with Oli, it's the same old, same old, same as last season. Like, we know we're, we're going to be talking about the same things. Fred playing with McTominay. 
Fred even playing in general, Lindelof, it's just, it's just all the same stuff, really. His selection with the front line, how long it takes to make changes, it's all, it's all, it all smells of fourth place, basically. And that's, that's what I said. That was, our, that was my prediction before the season started. And that's not me being negative or anything like that. We saw today exactly why they'll be fourth. Because maybe your fifth or sixth team, six teams that will finish in their positions will lose that game, but we will draw it. That will be why we get fourth. And then we'll go and beat away one of the top, like we'll beat City and we'll beat most teams. And then we'll get a draw in games like that. That will solidify fourth place. But, you know, in terms of Southampton though, I'd be worried if I was, if I supported them, if I'm being honest with you, with what I saw today. But, we have to, we'll have to see how it goes for them. Yeah, I just want to echo that um, Pogba had a good game today, to be fair. Like, he, he was good. He sort of fell off last sort of 10, 15 minutes. He, he looked quite tired. Um, but yeah, among, I think, um, obviously, is it, I can't pronounce his name, is it Liveramento? Um, obviously, played well. Romeo, um, sort of Adams, like, Probably, probably some among the best players on the pitch, I think. And Greenwood took his goal well. It's two goals in two games. Uh, that kid's going to be a killer, I'm telling you. But um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, Southampton, I've, they're looking to get in some signings, but yeah, they, they need to get that sorted um, because they can't, they can't go through the season playing like that because they're, they're going to get dealt with. Like it's going to be, they're going to get cut adrift by Christmas. And just lastly, as good as Pogba was, I think Fred was playing like he had a VR headset on and he's giving the ball away under no pressure at all. And I think that really solidified today why United need to get DMs and there's still the window's still open and hopefully they might look into that. But, you know, moving on to um, probably the best, easily the best game in the day or the best performance of the day, um, Arsenal against Chelsea. Tiro, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, that no, was a good game. Um, obviously, nice to see Lukaku finally got a number nine at Chelsea. But I think we could be talking about a slightly different game if Arsenal didn't have the absences that they did. Not saying that we would have lost, but I think you know you, you lose like a, a Ben White who potentially would have played if he if he was fit to play. Um, a Bamian came on late into the second half. Obviously, Lacazette wasn't playing as well, so I think. Those kind of when you've got Rob Holden and and Mari as your centre backs, like before the game starts, you kind of think if we don't win this, then something's wrong at Chelsea. But I thought Lukaku played really well. I thought Reese James was was for parts was probably one of our best players today. Um, same, same with um, I thought Mason Mount had a, a very decent game, but I thought Lukaku was an outstanding player. I thought, you know, the fact that he can hold up the ball now, his pace as well, his first touch, his runs off the ball, he makes the space for other players as well. And I think we just done well. Kai Havertz was doing the same for, for, for him as well. And, and one of the things that I liked about Lukaku um, was that he wanted the ball. You know, every time the ball was near him, he wanted it. He wanted it at his feet. He knew what he wanted to do with it. So... I was happy. I was happy. Um, defensively, I thought we were good. There was there was moments where I thought, you know, Rudiger probably could have done a bit better. But when you've got an Arsenal team that isn't really going to challenge you in a game, you don't have to worry about when they make a mistake because at the back we're quite we're quite good. And obviously, Mendy's very vocal. He's very good at commanding his defense as well. So I was impressed with Chelsea. Um, I thought Tuchel got it right as well. But in terms of Arsenal, 
boy, I think they're in trouble. I think they're in a lot of trouble. I think even if you look at the players that come back, Abamyang, Lacazette, um, Ben White, they've just signed Ramsdale. They're not players for me that will push them into like a European spot. And I don't think Arteta's the man to put them in a European spot either. Um, I think I think it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them this season. They haven't really got an excuse. They've got no European football, um, but they just looked like a team that isn't playing together. They just look like eleven players on a pitch that are just running around kicking a the ball. There isn't any kind of style about them. They're just running around, and it was easy for Chelsea. We we picked them off, and Lukaku could have had two or three today. He could have easily had them, but. Impressive, you know, impressive against Crystal Palace and impressive today as well. So, um, yeah, you know, happy with the win. Obviously, top of the, top of the league for, for the weekend. So, can't complain, man. But what's your thoughts, Jesse? Yeah, obviously, the positives first. I think Chelsea looked really good. And I think it's a continuation of what we saw last week and what we've seen last season. And what we are seeing in two shows time is that you can play in a low block you can get the ball down. You can. You got the players to bop it like you did today. You can play on the break. Players work hard off the ball. It's quite. It's the complete package, really, and that's why you are like more or less favourites for the league alongside the other two teams. That I said, and it's a brilliant performance at times when it had everything. You, you've got the option now of going direct into Lukaku. He can hold it up. He can bring other players into play, so you can always relieve pressure. You know, really go or Aspilicueta, whoever's at the back, just go long into him. You've also got Jorginho in there with Kovacic or Conte, Kante, sorry, who can also play. And Mount and Havertz, you know, off him today, they were brilliant as well. Like, so it's just looking complete. Rhys James was phenomenal today. Um, going forward, he was he done really well today as well. Alonso was also good. It was, it was complete. And even when you went 2-0 up, there was at times when you're just keeping the ball. And under quite a good amount of pressure as well. You know, they were playing for pride in the second half and they were trying to press, they were trying, they were trying, you know. But Chelsea were just comfortable with it, you know, zipping it, like playing the one-twos, Kante's beating people. You know, they were doing their thing, man. And that it makes, it makes the game against Liverpool next weekend really interesting because I know it's obviously only three games in, but that's where the title's going. If you and if you factor in City into that, so it's already a massive game. But yeah, in terms of Arsenal, man, like, they're in trouble. But they're playing with quite opposite with what I said with Chelsea. They're playing aggressive on the press. They're working hard. They're communicating with each other. I think Arsenal are completely opposite right now, man. They just look bereft of confidence. They look like they're out of ideas. You know. They just if that wasn't if they weren't playing Chelsea today, I don't even see that second half kind of rally even happening. I think that was a bit of pride, as I said, and I think that was because it's historically a big game. That's his right now. That's not a big game, and if we're being honest with with like what you said with the players that are missing, they're a mid-table team about them guys right now. That's just the truth. That's not me having a go at them. You know. Without without the firepower of Aubameyang from a few seasons ago, you know, they don't. They they're they're definitely out of ideas, and the way Mari and Holden dealt with Lukaku was, you know, 
non-existent, man. He absolutely bullied them. 90 minutes, he, he was touch tight with them. He manhandled them. He could run in behind them, beating them in the air. It was just a severe beating, man. You know, and I don't know. I don't know what the partnership's going to be for them because we've seen that two weeks in a row now. We've seen Tony deal with them like that last week. Now we've seen it with Lukaku. God knows what's, what the plan is for them going forward. And But that's, look, two games, no goals, no points. They are definitely in trouble. I, I echo what you what you both said about Chelsea. I was really impressed. Next, next weekend's going to be a big weekend for them. Um, was it just to add, even I was saying to you both, the goalkeeper as well. Um, I think there was a point, I can't remember who it was that dribbled through the midfield, but they played in a ball um, like through the middle of the Chelsea defence. And I think Bamiyang was running onto it and Mendy was, he was just there like sweeping it up. And that's a sign of when you know, as, as good as Chelsea have been defensively, um, you know, clean sheet in both of their games. When your keeper's reading the game like that as well, you can be confident and it kind of shows through. Arsenal are a bit of a, a weird one because um, I was saying to you both today, I just, you know, um, I couldn't see them getting anything out of this game. Like I just looked at that team and I thought, just not not even in a, in a, in a bad way, but there's a lot of issues with, um, I feel like when I watch them play, they don't really know what they want to be. Like even in this game, this like we're playing at home, so we need to be on the front foot. But playing a better team, so you know we're gonna try and maybe counter. And it didn't really end up being either of that. They've got some amazing young players in uh, Smith Rowe and and obviously Saka, but they they need help. Like they shouldn't be the star players in the side. They should be coming on and almost like when Foden, you know, he's not a star player for City, but when he comes on, he can still do something alongside some good players. Um, they, they, you know, that showed uh, today as well. I, f- I feel like the the issue, similar with, with a few other clubs, is, is the manager. You know, how many times did Reese James get free uh, in the positions that he did? One for the goal. I think there were early warning signs and it kept happening. If that's a Brendan Rodgers, we'll use him as an example, he changes that. Like after 10 minutes, you'll see a tactical change. You might even see a sub from other managers. They'll change it up straight away. But they just let that happen again and again. Like they just didn't learn that lesson. Surely, you know, you're looking at Granite Xhaka. I know a lot of people have been building them up since the since the Euros. But he just, you know, you want someone to say, yeah, James is free. Someone get on him. Like we do that in five aside. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it just kept happening. The reason why I'm torn with with Arsenal is um, the signings they've made aren't actually that bad if they're going to use them properly. You signed Ben White. I think Brighton usually were playing with a back three last season, if I weren't mistaken. Arsenal played with a back three in the big games and did well last season. Ramsdale, we've all seen the the, the tweets about him uh, obviously getting relegated quite a number of times. So I'm interested to see how they're going to use him. And look, Saka, Smith-Rowe, um, the, the new midfielder that they've got in their party, Abamyang. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Lacazette anymore, but they've got they've got some players in there. So I want to see what system they use, and I think that will define whether they're going to do something or not. And they're not in Europe, so today they took a they they took a beating, even though it was two 0 But you know, players missing beginning of the season, you know, all of that. But going forward, it, it can go either way. 
I've got a question I want to ask you, Jesse, but I know you wanted to 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 comment on something that I said. What was you going to say? No, ask me the question first. What was the question? It's, it's completely it's completely different. It's not related to what I said. Well, it is, but it's it's not it's nothing to do with the game today. Okay, no, I, I just think with what I kind of echo some of the stuff you said, and I thought maybe an idea before the game was. Maybe they go back to a back three because they were successful with that before at the start of Arteta's reign as manager. Chelsea play a back three. Maybe it was would have just been a better idea to have matched it up. And it's it's different with them because sometimes when other teams just switch to a back three when a team is that plays that, they don't benefit from it because they're not used to the system. Whereas Arsenal players have played in that system. So I thought maybe that was an idea. Could have done that. But yeah, because the, the back four just got bullied, man. Like I said earlier, I mean, even, you know, it's a bit like in Friday with, um, like, Lukaku was just like Debo. And, you know, Mari and Odin were like red. You know, he took the bike and the chain whenever he wanted it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's what it looked like. And it looked like that again last week. And I, that's why I would have thought, if you knew Lukaku starting today, I don't think it was time for a back four. I think maybe it would have been better for a back three because you know that you can have more problems to deal with today. And we have, we have to see. They've had a tough start to the season. Really being realistic, would have given them three points out of the first three games and it would have been against Brentford. They didn't get that. So them losing today, them losing next week, is not really a shock if they lose next week. And... Um, it's, it's tough because I agree with what you said as well. I don't think any of their signings are bad signings. I think Ben White would be a good signing. Ramsdale's got potential. Tavares will be a good signing eventually, probably. And I do definitely like Lukonga. He looks like a very good player. So I know they spent 200 million since he's been there, but I, th- I don't really think, especially this window, has not been spent badly. But I don't know. Maybe it's one of them that maybe he's not the guy that benefits from these signings. Maybe he gets the time. We we have to see what happens, but it's not looking good, man. I'm gonna um, say what I've said all along with with Arteta. Um, I hope that he do well, but I think I said right from the beginning. I don't understand how he got that job based on how you would a regular person would get a regular job when you demonstrate your ability to do stuff and you either make the step up or the step across not even a bad way I'm sure they've interviewed him they know Arteta better than I do but I just can't logically figure out how from what they've seen of him how they thought that he would like genuinely get them back up to what they got like I said the FA Cup for me was was a I don't want to say a fluke because if you're managing at this level and you played in the Prem like he has and he's obviously been around Pep it's not a fluke but it was quite clear that when you watch the highlights of those games it was give it to Aubameyang who's in form and he'll tear teams apart and score that, that's literally what happened for that FA Cup run I don't think anyone I don't think anyone can deny that I'm not saying anyone can do that but it's not as if there was a you know a tactical masterclass like where you saw it's different yes but two kill against uh man city in the champions league final on a few i think a couple of games that he played against city he just he out tactics uh he i don't know what the word is but he got his tactic much better than than pep did like he, he was just chelsea was just better and they, they beat man city because tactically they were superior it was nothing really not that it was anything to do with the players but that 
tactics were a big part. I look at Arteta, I've just never really understood. And I feel like now there's no excuse. It doesn't matter what start you have to the season. Jesse, you said this a million times. Every game is tough. Do you know what I mean? Brentford away, uh, Burnley at home. These are all these are all tough games. So if if it's not now, then I think you know his his, his time's up. Really, um, come come Christmas, and I don't really think he can have any complaints. But let's see what he does with the signings because if he's going to use them, either how the players have been used um, before or he's got a tactical plan or system, or him and Edu have had a conversation about how that's going to work, then they, they've still got some really good players in there that could be coached properly into some form of system that can work, that can get them up the table into the top six. But I, I've never seen it, and I don't see it now, personally. Uh, I, I don't know, man, because I, I felt like he'd done really well tactically when he first came in. And sometimes when I look at it, I don't know if it's if he's not good enough as a coach or if these players are just way below par. And I, I can't remember if it was in The Athletic or if it was just in one of the normal papers and they were talking about some of the players complaining about the training being too technical. And but I think if players are complaining that the training is too technical, maybe they're just not good enough. And um, look, we he's going to get sacked here. If he keeps losing games, we know he's going to get sacked. But I don't know, man. I feel like I don't know if it's him or if it's these players or can't work out sometimes. Maybe he should be getting a bit more out of them, but also, and I know they've spent 200 million, but they look like they need to spend another 200 million because that's not even a dig. I just don't think this team's good enough. And this is easily the worst Arsenal team we've ever seen in our lifetime. That it's actually, it's not good enough in most areas of that squad. Yeah, no, I'd have to echo a lot of that, man. I think, like I said, you know, sitting in 19th place after two games isn't a good look as well. Um, they've got to be careful. I think they've got some They've got some big games coming up. Um, obviously, COVID's going to probably potentially hit a lot of clubs this season. But I still think, like I said at the start of this part, you know, even if they had a Ben White in there, a Patrick Aubameyang, Lacazette, I don't know if they, I don't think... Pat, um, Mikel Arteta is the right person to bring this team back into that kind of you know European places and competing for the league. He's not the person, and I agree with you, Kieran. I think you know he's kind of living off. He's obviously his football career. He's he's been under one of the best coaches under Pep Guardiola, but does that warrant you the job at Arsenal because you've been understudy to one of the best managers or best coaches? But I just think you know it's a it's a massive job. The pressure's got to them. The owners probably looked at it and thought, well, no one else is coming in for this job. So who, who else? And at the time as well, don't forget, it was around that time when Lampard took over um, Chelsea as well. That was a whole thing around trying to get ex-players who had played for the club to come in and do a job. And it doesn't always work. And I feel like they looked at certain models, how it's worked well and looked and thought, you know, it's worked here, so we'll do the same. But it doesn't work with every coach and every manager. So... We'll have to see, but sitting in 19th place after two games, I don't think they've scored a goal now. I think they, they lost something. They haven't scored one goal so far. So, you know, it's, it's, it's struggling. It's troubling times for them, you know. Um, and that's not to, to dig at Arsenal, but I think after two games, you kind of, you want to see a little bit of something where you see a bit of hope at the end, you know, light at the end of the tunnel and they're like midway through the tunnel and the tunnel's days away. Do you know what I mean? So they've they got to be careful. They really have got to be careful. 
the tunnel's flooding. And look, listen, let's be honest, man. Like that's what that's what I was trying to say. I don't know whether it's him as a coach or if the, the the team is just that bad, but I think it's both, man. I think it's I think they both just do not gel together. I think him as a coach is probably the worst appointment. But then you're expecting him to bring in like a Smith Rowe and a Saka, build them up, deal with egos like uh, not egos, but players of the stature of um, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Partey, Pepe. You're expecting to to play these players. He's not. He's not. He hasn't done enough to be at that level for me personally. He's not, he shouldn't be at that level as a coach. So I think the two go hand in hand. They, they definitely need another 250 mil, 300 mil spent in the club. I don't think they're going to do that by Friday or whenever the window shuts. I can't remember when it is, but if they don't do that, I look at that team and that, I don't even know which teams, which players might go to the African Cup of Nations as well. I'm not sure. So if they lose a couple of them as well, they could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, man. And... It's one of them as well. Like when you do look at it, like they still need that amount of money spent on the squad. But like what you lot said when you're talking about the appointment in the first place, I just think no one wanted it. I don't think anybody with credibility wanted it. I don't think Rafa was available at the time, like I said before, because of his contract situation in China. I don't probably, they didn't have enough money to get Ancelotti in. And there was, I don't think there was any. I don't think they had Allegri money either. And look, these are top-class managers as well. They want a situation where they know they can invest in the squad. They would have looked at the squad and thought, no. And they they would have wanted to have known that there was a lot of significant amount of money to spend, and there wasn't. So that's probably why they got Arteta, because he wanted his first job as a manager. They couldn't convince any of the other guys to get the job. And I think also, it's the Oli... It was the Oli effect at the time. I think a lot of clubs may be trying to mimic that and bringing in an ex-player. Because Oli's first 15, 20 games was obviously ridiculous, wasn't it? And I think maybe clubs looked at that and tried to mimic that. And he kind of did mimic that at the start because, look, I know you called it obviously a fluke, Kieran, but I actually thought they played well when they won the FA Cup. And the passages of play, the build-up to the goals, I know it was the same guy putting it in the net, but I actually thought they maybe turned the corner with him, but yeah, we have to see what happens with them next week, man. That could be, especially the way City played this week, that could be that could be another fives or sixes. Just want to clarify, I said it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> I just said, I don't want to call it that, but it was very simplistic tactics how they got through. But I've got a question I want to ask um, the both of you quickly before we wrap up. And there was some, obviously, I threw this in a group chat. Um, and he both aired it. No, I'm joking. Now, um, I was going to ask, as things stand now, because I was looking at Chelsea's trophies, their recent history, but even historically, actually, they've always been a team that's won clubs. Do you think we can start to have a conversation about Chelsea historically now being a bigger club than Arsenal and presently being a bigger club? Two Champions League, a load of league titles, loads of cup wins. You know, they've, they've won leagues before the Bramovich money as well. If you look at Arsenal, I know they're a big club, historically never been relegated, etc. But again, before Arsene Wenger, you know, I just, I'm, just, I'm just wondering. Um, I'll throw it, I'll throw it, um, I'll go throw it at, at Jesse first. He's a bit more of a neutral. Can we, can we be talking about Chelsea historically and present? Well, definitely presently, but historically being a bigger club than Arsenal now. No, I think historically... Um... 
more longer term than the last twenty years. I think Arsenal are a bit, Arsenal are a massive club in England, aren't they? Like they've won a lot of trophies even before Wenger. They won the league under George Graham a few times. Brought through a lot of like serious players that have played for England, played at a top top level, and you know especially the Highbury days under Graham, they were brilliant. Even I know slightly before our time, maybe uh, you know. Adams come through, Bold, Keown, David Rockhorsel, like some top, top players come through there and they were winning the leagues before it was the Premier League, weren't they? So, no, historically, they're a big team and I know they won the Cup Winners' Cup, I think, was that under Graham as well, um, the manager after him? I know they won the European Cup Winners' Cup as well, so yeah, they, they, they are a big team before that period of time, but Chelsea, Chelsea was always a was a big team as well. Like Chelsea was winning trophies before the Abramovich era. They won the FA Cup twice before then in the in the nineties and obviously two thousands. And they won the League Cup. They won the Cup Winners Cup as well. So, but yeah, obviously Arsenal just had a few more league titles in that time. But then in the last, obviously common sense in it, the last fifteen years, Chelsea have been a powerhouse across not just England but in Europe. So. And you add to, you factor in the two Europa Leagues, the two Champions League trophies, the league titles, everything. They've definitely surpassed them currently. It just depends. Obviously, Arsenal fans won't agree with us, but yeah. I'm going to be neutral. 20 years was 2001, isn't it? So if we're basing off that, then yeah, we say, yeah, we are. But I think that things like that don't really matter to me. Like, I don't, I, obviously, do I really want to be the best club in London it's here or there? Do you know what I mean? I just want to win win trophies now. And But I think pre-Abramovich, obviously Arsenal, even when Abramovich was starting out, you know, people used to say that Abramovich was trying to buy the league and he was doing this and that. And you look at some of the, the buyers that we had, like Ivanovic and um, Petr Cech, they weren't like mad money. I think Carvalho wasn't mad money. So I don't... People try to say we tried to buy the league. We just bought, we just invested well, but in terms of if we're better than bigger than Arsenal, it depends what where your margins are. Because if you're talking twenty years ago, then I'd say yeah. But if you're talking pre two thousands, then I'd have to say no. Because I think obviously Arsenal did a lot pre two thousand. Do you know what I mean? And it just depends where your margins are and who who you talk to. But for me personally, I think over the last 15, 20 years, I'd say yeah, we we are probably the biggest club in London. Like like Jesse said, you know, the, the trophies that we've won, I'd have to say, yeah. But if you talk about 98, 99, 97, 96, 90s, 80s, then of course we, we, we can't talk to Arsenal. So it just depends where your margins are and who you talk to. If they're an older guy that's been around for 60 odd years, then of course they're going to disagree. But if you're talking to someone who started watching football kind of uh, before our era, then of course they'll say Chelsea because they grew up and they just sent Abramovich money. So it just depends who you talk to, I think. But obviously I'm happy that Arsenal 19th, we're top of the league and that kind of answers the question. Yeah, that's, that's literally it. Like They talk about North London is red and you know Chelsea are winning Champions League. So that's where they're at right now, isn't it? Like, and, and that's it. Simple as that, really. But is it, and literally what, what, T dot said is the truth, like it depends how old you are. And if they want to talk about recent history, because they, they ain't won the league since two thousand and four. So Yeah, you're rude T dot. 
Not for what you said, but man slipped in Arsenal on 19th with no goals three times in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Don't think I didn't notice that, you know? <laughs> Just anyway, facts, man. Just they facts. Are, they, are, they, are ni- they are 19th with no goals and no points and a minus four goal difference, but it is only game day two. They have been hit by COVID and after the Man City game and possibly including the Man City game, they might go on a, on a run of games anyway and a run of wins. Arsenal fans, we want to hear from you. We're not giving them stick, we're just stating facts. But also, I know a lot of Arsenal fans that are kind of fed up of this, really. Uh, you know, pointing out you know, good signings that, that the club could make. Um, things that need to be done, starting lineups, issues with the boards have been protests. So we can't be making this up, you know. So, yeah, we want to hear from you. But obviously, um, you know, big weekends for, for two of the big title challenges, Chelsea and Liverpool. Brighton and Tottenham making up the top four there, and um, big game tomorrow. West Ham and uh, and Leicester as well. So whoever there's going to be a winner from that, they'll join the others on six points at the top of the table. But yeah, as always, get in touch with us. You can um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the PTTW Podcast. Um, and obviously, we'll be back next week thinking about uh, some of the big clashes, including uh, Man City and Arsenal, and probably dipping into the Football League at some point as well. If you are going to follow that, uh, I tweeted earlier about Forrest Green, 11 goals in three games, and they won 6-3 yesterday. Um, they narrowly missed out uh, on the playoffs last season, but they are going up. So if you're local, go see them. And if you want a bit of fun and a break from uh, your team, particularly if you might be supporting Newcastle, Arsenal or Norwich, go check them out because um, they're lots of fun to watch. But well, thank you for listening and we will see you next week. <laughs>